0: Welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, C-suite executive turned leadership coach. And today we are talking about decision-making. And as business leaders, we make decisions all the time. We make decisions on the fly, we make proactive planning decisions, our decisions affect the people around us and the company as a whole. So we're gonna go over a framework that's gonna help you become a better decision-maker. And the framework is called Three Circles. And the way it works is there's three circles in a math equation. So circle one plus circle two equals circle three. And circle one is an external event. So it could be a situation that's unfolding in front of you. It could be an email in your inbox, but an external event. And then we're actually going to jump over to circle three. And circle three is your desired outcome. So what do you want to have happen in this situation? And then we bounce back to circle two in the middle, which is what do you need to do or say in this situation to get to circle three or give yourself the highest likelihood to get to circle three? So that's how it works. Let me give you an example. So an example might be that you are leading a team meeting and everyone's gotten settled in and sitting down and you're about to open the meeting and all of a sudden Joe over here decides to have an outburst and starts, you know, grumbling and yelling and complaining that, you know, his team doesn't get any support and this one project he's pushed for a long time is getting ignored and this whole team meeting is a charade and, you know, nothing ever gets done about it. Okay, so that is your circle 1. That's the external event. And then you'll slip over to circle 3 really quickly and say, "Okay, what do I want to have happen in this situation? And in this case, it's probably, let me calm Joe down, and then let me get everyone back focused on the agenda at hand. So in circle two, you would go, what do I need to say or not say? What do I need to do or not do to try to get circle three to happen and try to get Joe calmed down and the team back on task? So in this case, it might sound something like, Joe, I see that you're really upset and frustrated. I know this project is top of mind for you. It's really important to me as well. I actually have it on the agenda for the back half of this meeting. Now, Joe, a lot of these folks don't have the background information and context that you or I do about this, so I wanted to get them up to speed so they know what we're talking about. So for the first part of the meeting, we're going to do an overview for everyone to get them level set. And then when we get to your project, I'd love for you to jump in and share some specific details and observations that you're hearing from your your team. So all right, everyone. So we're going to do an overview. And then when we get to each section, we'll hear from all the team leaders about what they're hearing from their specific teams on it. So that might be something you say, something like that, to get Joe calmed down and get everyone back on track. There's four key pieces or elements to highlight here. So the first one is what you do or say in circle two might not be what you feel like doing. So in that example, you might feel like yelling back at Joe and being, hey, buddy, like we've talked about this 12 times. Like, you know what's on the agenda for today. I know you know that. Why are you doing this right now? Um, but instead, you cho- choose a different path and go, okay, what's best for the group? What's, what's going to be the most important thing for me to do as a leader in this situation? And you go that route. I was um, sharing this example with someone and... <laughs> And they said, Emily, is there like a secret circle four where we can take Joe out in the hall and punch him? And I said, uh, three circles does not advocate violence, but I do give you props for trying to be creative with a secret circle four. So all to say that in circle two, you might have to do or say something you don't feel like doing in that moment. All right. Second highlight is a lot of people just skip over circle three altogether. So they skip over defining their desired outcome and they're left with a series of knee-jerk reactions to circle one. So definitely take the time and it can be a quick second to say, what do I wanna have happen here? Number three, understand that circle one and circle two are separate. So a lot of people will just fuse the two together and there'll be this almost automatic chain. So in that example, it might be, well, Emily, of course I yelled back because Joe yelled at me. So when someone yells, I yell back. That's just what happens. And know that there's a lot of daylight in between circle one and circle two. There's an ocean between circle one and circle two. And you always have a choice in that space. Which leads us to the fourth highlight, which is you own circle two. So you are the sheriff of circle two. Not so much with circle one. That is an external event. So circle one is where life happens and where other people happen. But circle two is all yours. So you always have 100% control of circle two. And let that be an empowering thing. So you might be sitting there going, so is it easy, Emily? Like you're saying it like it's supposed to be easy, like circle one, two, three, okay. But in real life, it doesn't work that way. Certainly not. It doesn't, it isn't always easy. Um, We're humans, we have emotions. There's other humans with emotions walking around planet Earth. Is it worth considering this framework? Is it worth trying to keep it in mind and working to get good at do great leaders, practice three circles or some form of it. Yes, yes, it's absolutely worth it. So I'm not saying it's gonna be easy all the time, but I am saying it's gonna be worth it. And it will get easier the more you practice it, just like anything else. The first example we had was of a spur of the moment, on the fly use of three circles. So let's go over an example that's a little bit more proactive. Let's say that you are going into a team meeting, you're about to go into a team meeting, and you have a few minutes to write down some notes about what you want to have happen. Or maybe you just think through what you want to have happen and make some mental notes. So in this case, let's say the company has launched a new product and um, product team has spent months and months and months developing this awesome product. The marketing team has done a wonderful job of marketing it and doing campaigns and the market's all excited. Customers can't wait for it. Sales team has been informed, and circle one is this meeting. It's the last meeting uh, with the sales team before they're let loose and they're allowed to go sell it. So that's circle one. So swinging over to circle three, what is the desired outcome? What do you want to have the sales team be thinking about or doing at the end of that meeting? It's probably... Be really confident and informed about the product and can't wait to start calling people or can't wait to start getting on the road and going to tell their prospects or customers about this thing. Okay, so that's circle three. Then we move back into circle two and say, okay, what do I need to say? And what do I need to do? How do I need to show up? And what energy do I need to bring to get to circle three? And let's say in this example, you naturally are a little bit more reserved and you're kind of, you know, matter of fact and logical and here's phase one and here's phase two and now we're in phase three, you've got to go sell this thing. But in order to best get yourself to circle three, you know that you're going to have to amp up your message and you're going to have to amp up your delivery. And so to you, it's going to feel like you're maybe at like a 11 or 12 or 15 on a, on a scale, but everyone else is going to perceive that as like an eight or nine or 10. Um, so you know that the talking points and the content of your message is going to have to be a little bit more exciting and the way you show up and come across and what you convey uh, with your body language and emotion is going to have to be heightened as well. So just keep in mind that you can use three circles in any which way. It's, it's very dynamic, it's flexible, it's fluid, um, and you can use it for lots of different scenarios. All right, so this one was short and sweet, but I think a powerful framework for you to have. So quick recap and takeaways. We've got a framework to help with decision-making. It's got three circles. Circle one plus circle two equals circle three. Quick highlights are remember to take a second to figure out what you actually want in a situation, what's the best outcome here. Also remember you have full control of circle two, so be a great leader in circle two. Takeaways for you. Two takeaways, number one, look back at your last week and think of a situation where three circles would have been helpful and maybe you would have taken a different approach or to find a different outcome for yourself. And then second takeaway, look forward and look into the future and identify some spots where three circles could be helpful for you. So it might be, oh yes, always in this team meeting, I really need to remember three circles or when I'm interacting with this person or I'm in this specific situation, three circles would be really helpful. Let me put a reminder on my phone or draw something down. Um, draw the actual equation out, whatever whatever helps you. Okay, so the, actually, you know what? I'm going to throw in an extra bonus takeaway. the The astute listener will have discerned that you can use three circles outside of work as well. So in lots of different scenarios and relationships. So keep that in mind too. Um, if you're, let's say, let's see, if you're having a disagreement with someone you care about, which I think a lot of people can relate to, Um, and it's getting escalated, it's getting escalated, and it's getting heated, and it gets to that point where it's like, I want to give you a piece of my mind, and you can dislodge that kitchen sink and hurl it across the room, and that would be one way to go, or you could take a step back and say, okay, what is ultimately at stake here? What's my ultimate concern? oh yeah, it's the health of this relationship, it's keeping the peace, and you might take a different route, or you might take a different approach to circle two, which might be, um, you know, I hear what you're saying, it would be incredibly frustrating if I felt like that was happening, what if we did X, Y, and Z going forward? So weigh those the balance, compare those two circle twos, you got the kitchen sink or empathy, and which one has the highest likelihood of a good outcome? So I will leave you with that. I will leave you with kitchen sink versus empathy. And uh, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next time on Leveraging Leadership. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.